0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Serenity Sunday is now hybrid, meeting in person at Roxbury Park in Beverly Hills and on Zoom. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroups webpage at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live in either iteration. Now that we're meeting in person, Serenity Sunday has regular meeting expenses and would appreciate Seventh Tradition donations to help support the meeting and this podcast. You can donate via Venmo at Serenity Sunday, last four digits of the phone number are 6255 or through PayPal, Serenity Sunday 1212 at gmail.com. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speaker and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And now our speaker.
1: I'm David, a compulsive overeater, and it's now time for the leader to qualify for 20 minutes. So um, I thank Josh for asking me to lead, and uh, and. Uh, To be able to come here in person is a treat for me. I live in Sherman Oaks, and it's not always easy to get here. This is the second time since it's been back in person, but um, it's good to be here. I'll tell you a little bit about what it used to be like, what happened, and and, uh, hopefully a lot about what it's like now, Um, but i got to say one thing I was thinking of this morning about what I was going to share is that over the years, I've come to believe. I believe that the core of this program is that we're compulsive over eaters and only a power greater than ourselves can help us or help me. It, it isn't no doctor, no religion, uh, no person can help me know um, I need to rely on some power greater than myself. And um, for me, especially right now, my higher power is the flow of the universe. And you know, I had other things that I could have done today or uh, there's a hiking group that I'm part of that was doing something and some other stuff going on and I was asked to lead here and it's like okay, that's the flow of the universe that this is where I'm supposed to be this morning. And we were going to spend the afternoon going out to lunch and my daughter's going to drop off her puppy with us. She works near here and And then I found out my wife has to be somewhere, too. So okay, the flow of the universe is we'll have a quick hour or two here in the west side, and we'll go back to the valley by 2. So this is a way of life um, that I just never thought I could have, where I could just go with the way the world's going and accept it. I needed, as a kid, so much food because I couldn't any little thing that wasn't my plan, or I didn't know, or I thought there was a rule book going on, um, that everybody else had this rule book but me. And for me, the OA has helped me with my rule book. Um. So back to what it was like. I uh, I was born a very, I was a fat baby, and I... Never lost that baby fat. I just kept going up, 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 and I always loved food. Always, food was the thing that filled the inside that was nobody could fill. I was very, very shy as a kid, and so food was my friend. Food was the way to get me to go places. You know, if I was afraid of people, I would just think, okay, they're going to serve food. I'll just, I'll just. I'll use the food to buffer being around all these people. I didn't, you know, as a kid, it was, um, I don't know how, I really thought that way, and I don't know, but I didn't really understand that the food was making me fat, because I thought I had two problems. One, I was afraid of the world, and two, I'm so fat, and nobody, fat means stupid, and nobody wants to pick me for any of the sports teams, and I can't have friends, and it was all this thing, and I really, until almost uh, pre-teen that I really didn't realize the connection that the food, but I needed the food. I needed it like a drug addict needs drugs. For me, it wasn't, I ate everything compulsive, and it was the, I describe it with like an IV drip. I had to keep having it. It wasn't like I could do a big binge and then stop for a f- few days or whatever. I just all the time needed to eat because it just was constant. Just like, like, again, a patient who needs some medication, constantly drip, 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 drip. And that's how I ate. You know, uh, whenever I was having dinner, all I was thinking about is how much more food can I take later when nobody's looking. If I help clean up the dishes, that's the only thing I'd ever helped clean up at home, <laughs> was the dishes. So I could get more and take it in my room without people seeing me. Um, and uh, my mother was also a compulsive overeater, really bad. Where in her forties, she was told she was going to die, like within a few years, because she had high, uh, hypertension and and uh, die- she be- she became a type two diabetic, and um, and she just couldn't stop. And she and my dad would um, my dad was thin at the time. My brother, five years younger, was underweight. And he wanted, he was an athlete and it was a problem for him because he needed to gain weight to like get on teams or to go out for certain sports. And so he was always trying to gain weight and he could eat everything he wanted. Uh, and my dad was normal. And, and I was just, um, yeah, and, and so many times my mom would say, okay, if you don't tell your dad. Uh, if you'll do this, Aaron, with me, and I'll, we'll share a pizza if you go do the, Aaron, just don't tell your dad what we're doing. And um, that was, you know, and food was everything. Food was love. Food was all our relatives. If you go to somebody's house, it was, you know, it was always about the food. The, I was brought up in a cultural Jewish household, and it was all about, the holidays were all about food and what they were cooking and how much, and, and, um, and that's how they showed love. And... Um, and yeah, and uh, I um, when I was ten years old, I got to go with my dad to Israel. He was a Holocaust survivor, and then he had uh, immigrated as a teenager, as an orphan to Israel. Um, and when he left, he he had one sister who had survived that was also in Israel, and a couple cousins, and he hadn't seen them. He'd come to this country to to uh, he was sponsored by an aunt and. And he had never gone back. He was supposed to. My parents got married. They were going to save up and move back to Israel. And my mom got pregnant the, the, a few months after they got married, and with me. And they never went. They never went. And so, 1971. I was, yeah, at 71. I was 10 years old, and I got to go. There was a wedding. My dad's nephew, and I was the only one that got to go with my dad. My parents had a business, and I got to go. And um, and, and I really saw, like, my aunt, she had a sister die in her arms, of, you know, of, during when they were in the camps or being liberated. And so it was like I really saw that everything was about food. If I would eat, if I was a fat kid, I was wearing men's sizes at 10 years old, bigger than I am now. And, but, like, when I met my aunt, it was like she was happy because I was a survivor, you know, and, and she wanted to feed me more. And that was the only time I actually lost weight because she pushed food so much on me, and it wasn't food I was used to. I actually lost weight. We were away for a month. We also went to Europe uh, with one of my dad's cousins. And we walked all the time. They controlled my food, and I lost weight. And then after that, I started going on all these diets because then I realized that, yeah, you, if you, you could lose, I could lose weight. And the diets, then I started gaining weight even more rapidly because the more I would deprive myself, the more I would just have to just eat everything. You know, a day or two on a diet, I'd be gritting my teeth, couldn't make it. And, um, yep. So anyway, in 1973, my mom came to OA. She took me to a few regular meetings and I didn't want anything to do with you people. I was not gonna be like my mom. Um, yeah, and that was that. I, I heard a few things that helped me, and I think I was gaining weight less rapidly in, in middle school because of the few things I did here in O.A. And also my mother stopped buying as much junk, but I would go on the counters. When she would be at O.A. meetings, I would, like, climb the counters looking for food. If I had to binge on salad, I did, or all the stuffed food she had, I would, I would just do it. But I started gaining weight less rapidly because there was less stuff in the house. Um, and uh, in 1976, uh, my mom went to an OA convention. And she was sort of having a comeback. She she was starting to get back. She was in and out of OA and yo-yoing. And she was uh, having a good period in, uh, of, of her OA thing at that time. And she had a friend who had also had actually told her about OA years before. And this friend had a son my age. And, and they said there's... Uh, meeting on Wednesdays at the old Maple Counseling Center and um, and that's where I went in June 1976 and I you know I'm still here all these years later I started I was 15 years old I'm now going to be 62 this year so to go from a teenager to a senior citizen I can <laughs> eligible for social security it's um, cute it's uh, something you know and all the different I've had a lot of phases in life while I've been in this program. You know, I, 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 So I understand a lot of different demographics of being a compulsive overeater in, in this program. You know, I lived with, the first uh, three years I was in program, I was still obviously living at home and I learned to deal with my parents. Um, program really helped because I just hated them and it was a very dysfunctional household. And eventually I got a sponsor And I was, you know, and my beginning food plan was just to stop gaining weight. That's all I was trying to do. And the sponsor said, why don't you call in your food? And that was about October, 1976. And it wasn't a diet, because I was still eating desserts. I I mean, I still do now. Uh, But it was nothing, it wasn't a diet. It was just, I was starting to get, I just didn't want to gain weight, and so, And this OA thing seemed to help. And it also, I was so depressed. I I suffered from really bad depression. And I just wanted to stop hating myself so much and hating life and being so afraid of life. And I had a feeling OA could help. But I didn't want to be like my mom. I wasn't going to abstain or be on a food plan like she was. I wasn't going to go to a lot of meetings. I wasn't going to have a lot of OA friends. Um, But I started doing that. and then. in 1977, they started a Saturday night Roxbury Park meeting, and we were looking to, to help grow the O18s at that time. So we started the hour before the regular meeting. We had a team meeting here in Roxbury Park, and uh, nobody came but that other uh, my mom's friend's son, uh, who I was calling my food into at the time, by the way, and um, we. Push to get that meeting going and it took months and months to get anybody else to come. But eventually we started getting people to come. But then all of a sudden I was going to then another meeting because I was going to the two team meetings and the adult meeting after. And then my mom told me about a big Monday night meeting. Um, and so she said, you can announce your team meeting if you come with me to the Monday. So I started going to that and then went to the intergroup and got put on the board. And, we, and all of a sudden, i'm like in the herd all of a sudden i've got all these friends all of a sudden i'm doing a lot of service and 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 i still hated myself and i would cringe thinking about any little thing i did that embarrassed me but i started taking in the love i was getting in a way and like i can't love myself but i can i started accepting that you could love me and i remember going to, uh, there was AA dances and there was a bunch of teens and I was afraid to ask girls to dance and all that stuff, but we did it as a fellowship. Like there was a, bunch, a few other young people like me and I remember going out to coffee somewhere or dinner maybe somewhere right here in Beverly Hills and then driving in, in Hollywood, there was these big AA dances years ago. And it was a way, it was a for me it was the fellowship, it was the learning to love myself, very slowly starting to work the steps. You know, I eventually got a sponsor. I was told to write an inventory. It took me almost a year, but it was very slow. That's all I could handle. I started losing weight, about 25, 30 pounds, very slow, very gradually. I was probably 60 or more pounds overweight when I came in, but also being 15, I was starting to go through puberty. So I was outgrew a little bit of the weight and I started losing a little weight, very slow. and all that, and I'm still here. Um, I've been able to uh, move out when I was 18 from my parents. I went through college um, that I never thought. I thought I was stupid and dumb and would fail, and I remember just being able to go to OA meetings and, and saying, I don't think I can do this. I can't work and go to school. And, but people in OA was like, oh, we love you anyway. And I didn't do so bad. I made the dean's list once. I I wound up with an accounting degree. Um, you know, I did okay, but it and but it wasn't me. It was starting to, a higher power started taking over my life. Uh, I didn't believe in God when I came to OA. And then after one year, I was in a car, and I had this spiritual experience. We were driving to Long Beach on a Sunday night. One, one of the other teens was speaking and driving a bunch of us. And they were talking, and they were saying, how could there not be a higher power when all of us, a year ago, we were all fat and miserable and had no friends. And then look at how great. And I was, we were all, I think, on like a that pink cloud. And then they said, how could anybody not believe in God? Look at all of us, how we've recovered. And I'm like, I was in the back seat, and it was like a thunderbolt. Like, there is something. I don't, my whole life, how did I go from I had no friends to I have so many friends that I hated myself, that it, I was starting to not hate myself, that I was starting to lose weight, that I wasn't, eating all the time, like there was a higher power. Um, A few years later, I uh, started going back a little bit um, to my Judaism, and and I learned to take what I like and leave the rest, and then um, my dad's cousin, who was my godfather, died, and and he belonged to a synagogue that I really liked the rabbi, and it really it sunk in the degree the, the i couldn't uh, deal with i couldn 't accept that my Godfather died. he was the most healthiest man and uh, and so that led me to getting more involved in that synagogue and uh, my dad's uh, some of his uh, cousins also belonged and, and I started incorporating that, and I would go on uh, when my mom died, we started going every Friday night. Uh, uh, to services and um, and I was able to take what I like and leave the rest and and this man was very religious he he kept Shabbat and all that stuff but he would say if you can't be very religious at least on Friday night don't work and 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 be spiritual even if it's only the hour you're in this services and I was able to do that and now it's part of my life we we either have a Shabbat dinner or we go to synagogue and that's my prayer and meditation and that's my Thing and I and we belong to a Reform synagogue, but we're there for Reform people. We're very religious, but um, it, I was able to. If you would have told me forty-five years ago that my life that I would be is religious or whatever, do or do what I do today, I would have like no way, no way. That and and um, if you would have told me too that I'm around people, I have had the same job the same profession, I should say, for 43 years. And, and I deal, I'm a manager of a bank, and to deal with so many people, and angry people, and angry employees, and <laughs> constant turmoil, and I can be the calm in the storm, and I can't. It's from meditating in the morning, every morning, saying the first three steps, reading the OA book, calling a sponsor every week, and telling him, you know, this is just too much stress, And he says, yes, you can do it one more day and then you have a weekend. I call him on Thursday nights. And and I can do, again, I'm saying I can do it, but I can't, I'm powerless, not just food over life, over work, over my family, over my kids, (coughs) um, my health. And there's a way of life that I can admit my powerless and just take those steps at work. I discovered, especially during the pandemic and stuff, that, and it's a very banking especially in the business world, very competitive and whatever, and a lot of pressure. And I can just, when I get into that mode, it's like, no, you're here to just do service. You're here to help people. And when I start doing that, all of a sudden, I don't I, I don't have a problem getting up to go to work. Even during the pandemic, it was really boring. No, very little, but work, a lot of work. Um, and I, but I was able to do it. It's like, okay, you're just here to do service. And sometimes things turn out really well. And, I get a lot of accolades, and things go well, and not always, and I can deal with it. I've uh, The last four years, I've had a lot of health issues, and uh, I had to go through a lot of treatment last year, and that's I have a big phobias about health and and anything medical. You put a needle in my arm, I, f- I freak. I've had panic attacks, and that was after years of being in OA, and I'd go have to go somewhere, and they'd take blood, and I would want to pass out and I, and I got to the point sometimes I'd have to every day have blood taken and all kinds of stuff done and was able to use the program and just okay you just go anyway even if you're fearful about going to the doctor or what they're going to say or taking this test or having a needle in you uh, and one time I, they had to call 911 in the hospital because something I, something didn't go right or it just started feeling like I was about to have a heart attack from whatever they were poking me with and then other times it's like did you really put stuff in me like I don't feel anything and I learned days that um, last year I had to go in for if, if stuff that where I would be there half a the day and I'm like okay this is my spa day nobody from work can call me <laughs> nobody no you know I can just read listen to whatever podcasts I want take a nap when I come home I, I again from somebody who was so fear-based and so afraid of life that I can just walk, do that, and and some, you know, um, and then the other thing is that I'm still an introverted person, I need my downtime, I've learned that in a way, I've learned who I am through working the steps, and I need a lot of alone time, And, and now that I don't hate myself, I've learned to love myself, I can be alone, I've gone on vacations years ago by myself, I can spend, I can go out to dinner and walk around and feel okay, and then I can be around a lot of people. Last weekend with the birthday, it was so filling for me to be around so many OA people and get to go to so many meetings and see people who were at my first meeting or, and my first year in OA. To see people, it really helped, and that fills me up. And all of a sudden, it was really easy to eat less last weekend, it seemed like, because I went to an event, and they hardly had any food there, and it was like it was no big deal. I was so filled with people and... and, and and to me, I'll wrap it up. That, that's how this—that's how this program works. And, and uh, relying on a higher power in the steps, and uh, and to continue to come to meetings. So thank you all for being here, listening to me, and uh, again, just keep coming back.